Aloha, and welcome to the show. The 692nd Podcast is a platform for developing and connecting with our airmen across the island and those now serving on the mainland. Tune in for episodes where we talk all things leadership and personal development while getting a glimpse into the lives of the people moving our missions forward. I'm your host, Master and Derek Addison, and this is the 692nd Podcast. Welcome to Day 5 of Suicide Prevention Month. I will be releasing short messages daily with a theme for each day. I want to let you know that these are not easy topics and may spark memories or feelings with some of our airmen and guardians. If the conversations hit too close to home, please stop or pause the audio or simply skip the episode. I am not a mental health professional, but I'll help get you to one if you would like. Talking with someone you're close with about a setback can help you reframe the issues and or find a solution. There are a number of things that you should talk about with someone you trust or someone you know is qualified to help. Let's start with overwhelm. You might feel like you have too many things to do or too many issues to cope with. You might feel like you can't rest or even breathe. Stress and overwhelm can lead to serious physical health concerns. This is one of the most common problems with military lifestyle, especially the higher your rank becomes. When I was a senior airman at Osan Air Base, I saw master sergeants that worked 16-hour shifts, and then we would go out drinking, and I saw those guys hit the bottles hard. I was afraid that that was the life of a Korean linguist master sergeant, working stupidly hard and partying three times harder. I am thankful that that life is not the norm today. Next, I'd like to talk to you about anxious or intrusive thoughts. It's normal to worry about things from time to time, but when worry takes up a significant part of your day or causes physical symptoms, it's time to have some conversations with people that can help. I had to listen to 46 South Korean sailors drown on March 26, 2010. For the first year after that, a majority of the details of the events were still classified, and I had no one to talk to about it outside of a chaplain that had a certification in behavioral therapy. We didn't have an art, nor did we have any ability to discuss the things we experienced at work outside of work. Every time I took a shower or heard the word help, I would be transported back to that Datalink operator chair in the seclusion area on the ops floor in the Kekoic. I was supposed to leave work at 9 p.m. that night, but my replacement was late. At around 9.30, I heard people screaming, pleading for help, passing coordinates, and the situation. It was bouncing between English and Korean, which told me the young man on the other end of the line was truly terrified. You can be panicked and still speak in a foreign language, but when you are truly afraid, your brain goes back to your mother tongue. Without knowing that, I could hear the fear in this man's voice and the screams of those in the background. I shut my eyes and got a sense of the situation, then started to do my job. As an instructor at Goodfellow, I told each of my students about the good days at work and the bad days at work. I did not want them to think that being a linguist made you impervious to the horrors of war. Speaking about the incidents that have affected me over the years to each of these classes allowed me an outlet to continuously reevaluate my actions and reiterate to myself that I did everything I could to help those sailors. 46 young men died that day, and even today, I get transported back to that incident 
But with talking with mental health professionals and seeking help, the effects of that transportation is severely reduced. With the thoughts that I had regarding the sinking of the Chunan warship on March 26th, I became withdrawn and became apathetic. I lost interest in normal activities that I loved. I stopped visiting restaurants and became isolated from a lot of people. But most importantly, I withdrew from my family. I had a wife and daughter at home, and I spent a lot of time at work to maybe avoid being with them or avoid having to look at them when I felt so helpless. At the time, I thought that maybe I hadn't done enough to save the 46 men. My daughter was almost one year old, and she doesn't remember that daddy wasn't home, but I do, and my wife does. My attempts at isolation drove a wedge between me and my family and it increased the stress my wife had in living in a foreign country, being a stay-at-home mother to a toddler, and not knowing anyone in a 4,000-mile radius. That was not a good time for my family, and although we are good today, my apathy to their needs and withdrawal caused more stress and depression on myself. My wife and I talk about these things today to remind each other of our past and ensure that if and when future events cause similar issues, we make concerted efforts to, rem- to remedy the situation. If you start seeing someone or even yourself start breaking away from normal activities and seem to stop having interest in common activities, talk about it. Having conversation is an easy way to understand each other on a deeper basis and bring people back from isolation. ideas recommendations for future podcast shows or guests that you'd like to hear from let us know by going to any of the socially acceptable means of communication leave us a comment facebook url is facebook.com forward slash group forward slash 692 d podcast the email is simply 692 d podcast at gmail.com and you can always leave us a message on the mattermost channel if you can't get to any of those send me an email at derek.addison at us.af.mil and i'll respond as soon as possible That's the show for today. So for now, aloha, take care of yourself. And if you can, take care of someone else too.